morning again, everyone. So have you ever been in the room before when someone gets a phone call and they stay around and you get to hear one side of a conversation? A lot of times there's not a whole lot you can get from that, but sometimes you can just tell by a certain bit of word choice, by the tone that's used, that something serious is going on. It can be kind of hard to tell sometimes when you're on the phone, but I know historians, one thing that they love to do is take a look at old letters. Where they can see sometimes still one side of a conversation, but you can at least get a little bit more of the context. When you're on the phone and you're just going back and forth and back and forth, there's not as much need to give as much detail and sometimes even to speak in complete sentences. But when you're writing a letter, there's a little bit more of the background you can get, a little bit more that you can start to piece together. And that's especially true for ancient letters. And in these last couple of weeks, we've taken a look at Second John and at Third John. In Third John, there's not a whole lot that we know about what's going on in this situation. But we can tell from what we do have, that, that there's something serious happening, that there's a definite problem going on. Primarily, we're hearing about these three characters, these three individuals, these three men. Gaius, who's the, the recipient of this letter. Diotrephes, who seems to be some sort of leader, rather officially or self-appointed, in the church in that area. And Demetrius, we believe to be the one who came from John delivering this letter. Three very different characters. Three men of very different character, I guess would be more accurate. Gaius is one who is known by John to be a lover of truth. Someone who walks in truth. Someone who he can count on. Not just to believe the right things. Not just to practice his faith in an acceptable way, but to practice it in such a way that he can be trusted. Practice it in such a way that he knows that he is lifting up those and being hospitable to and welcoming those who come bearing truth. Unfortunately, that's not really the case for diatrophies. It's kind of sad that this is pretty much all we know about him, because I, I would hope that his intentions were good. I hope that this is a, a man of faith that just went a little wrong in one place or another. But the one thing that we know about him here is that he likes to put himself first. Would you hate it if that was like the one thing history recorded about you? <laughs> Your name here, who loves to be first. It's a rough assessment. But apparently... John, who had written to the church as a whole, knew that, you know, his message probably wasn't getting through. And so he had to write to Gaius, to this individual, to make sure that these messengers he were sending, these, these people who were bearing the truth, bearing the message of the gospel, would have someone there knowing that they were coming, who would be hospitable to them, who would support them in the good work that they were doing. Because Diotrephes, he loved to be first. There's some who think that Diotrephes was sort of the, the first of, um, 
and there's a lot of different terms that, that scholars use for this, but, but those who have sort of set themselves up as a, I think I've heard of the term used, a monarchical bishop, sort of a, a, a single leader in the church who would sort of be the, the head guy, the ruler over that church. And there's some case to be made for that, I suppose. But in fact, we don't really know if he was someone who was in a recognized position of leadership. If he was recognized as an elder in that church, we're really not sure if this position of authority was self-imposed or was agreed upon. But we do know that in other places, in, in later centuries, where we see this kind of development of this first among equals kind of system, is that oftentimes those would be set up in an effort to preserve truth, in an effort to fight heresy that was coming their way. But what we see here is something very different. What many think about Diotrephes and and how he was not welcoming those who would come bearing truth, not heresy, not some other teaching, not some other gospel, but those who were being sent from others who were apostles themselves. He doesn't even just refuse to welcome other believers bringing truth. But it says he also stopped those who wants to do so and puts them out of the church. He's so concerned for his own position, so concerned for his own authority, that he seems to love that authority and love that position and what he thinks he, thinks he has to offer more than he loves the truth itself, more than he has love for other believers. So John, as he is sending this fellow worker, sending Demetrius, he's saying, well, this is someone who's certainly not like that. This is someone who everyone speaks well of. People know even the truth itself testifies to him. You can see from everything he does, his life is so aligned with the truth of the gospel that he deserves your welcome. And so he writes to his friend Gaius saying, you know, I've, I've got to work around Diotrephes is here. I, I've, I've got to send Demetrius to you, Gaius, because I know that with you, he will find hospitality. With you, he will find support. Through you, the work of the gospel and the good news, the truth will be lifted up and will be supported, even if some seek to hinder it. Now, admittedly, that little picture that I just painted for you was filling in a lot of holes in this short letter. There's some other takes on that that I've read. I've read a whole bunch of different views on 3 John and some of the details of what may or may not have been going on, what church it may have been you know, written to, that these men may have been a part of. But that explanation of what's going on, seeing this one side of this conversation, makes a lot of sense to a lot of scholars, and it makes a lot of sense to me, possibly because... It's an explanation that lines up pretty well with a not-all-that-uncommon story. A story of some who are willing to welcome others in truth, and others who are so concerned with their position that they don't want to hear what someone else has to say. We, as human beings, we tend to appreciate those who come to us telling us what we want to hear, what sounds good to us. We appreciate when people say things that we agree with. And sometimes to the exclusion 
of having truth revealed and truth truly appreciated. What we really need is to show real love, true hospitality, true support, wherever we hear love and truth being proclaimed. Not just where we've expected it. Even when it might have something to teach us. Because I think we can really underestimate the effect that our support has on those who are standing for Christ. When we come across a brother or sister who is doing good work in the kingdom, who is pronouncing the good news of Jesus Christ to those who will hear it, just think what good our support and our hospitality can be to them. Whenever I think of that, I always think about the story over in Exodus chapter 17. You're probably familiar with it. Exodus chapter 17, starting in verse 8. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some of our men to go out and fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands... The Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this on a scroll as something to be remembered, and make sure that Joshua hears it, because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner. He said, Because hands were lifted up against the throne of God, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. I really love this story. Partially because it's such a great display of God's power and God's provision and and yet another example of how it was God who was in control of the situation but also because we hear a lot about Joshua and we hear a lot about Moses. But in this story, Aaron and her, these characters that don't get quite as much play, maybe Aaron a little bit more, we see that it's not just about the headliners. It's not just about those with all power and authority. But we see that, as, that all of us have a role to play of lifting each other up, lifting up the arms of those who have been called by God is a calling unto itself. The support and hospitality that we show, like Gaius did, like John knew that his friend would do for his messenger, was something to be praised and honored and deeply valued by God and his people. So what do we support and encourage? What do we do to further the work of those who are lifting up the truth? What do we do to show welcome to those who are co-workers in Christ, but maybe not from among us? What do we do to show welcome? Because really, to show welcome, to truly show welcome to another, especially one who comes bearing the good news of God, 
it takes some humility. It takes some humility to say that you, someone that I don't even know before now, could be used by God in a way that maybe I wasn't up to this point. Maybe God is using you and not just me. We have to be careful when we become uncomfortable in allowing others to have influence. We need to be careful that our discomfort isn't coming from our own desire for control and position. We can be very uncomfortable around someone new who we don't know. We don't can trust yet. And there's some good reason for that, admittedly. We'll get to that in a minute. But when someone comes in the name of God, speaking the truth of God... They deserve everything that we can give them to support them in their mission. We don't need to be like those disciples of Jesus in in Mark chapter 9, turning to verse 38. The teacher said, John, here's some, some irony in this one. John is the one who was saying this. Teacher said, John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop because he was not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said. For no one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say something bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Truly I tell you, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to the Messiah will certainly not lose their reward. There's the fundamental truth about truth in this. That we need to love the truth more than we love ourselves. See, even those disciples, those apostles were concerned for their position, their special relationship that they had with Jesus. And when someone else was doing good in his name, they were a little off-put. They were a little concerned about that. But Jesus said, no, no, there's truth here. He's doing good in my name. He is one of us, even though you didn't know him. Now, a critical part, even I'd say a crucial part of loving the truth more than we love ourselves, is admittedly discernment. I mean, we can be naive and believe that just everyone has the best of intentions and that everyone is A-OK, and we don't have to worry about it. Anyone that comes our way, we can just accept. Well, that would be naive, but we can also go too far to the other extreme and be cynical and think that everyone is only looking out for themselves. Have our default position be one of distrust. And caution. But you see, in the middle, we find a path where we acknowledge that both exist, but then we have to recognize the difference of those who come bearing truth and those who don't. Because, see, it's easy to celebrate certain things, and, and there are a lot of things that, that we do celebrate just naturally. We We celebrate achievement. We celebrate entertainment. We like to be amused. We we celebrate fame. It's kind of redundant to say we celebrate celebrity. There are certain things that are easy for us to care about and, and lift up and celebrate in some way. But to celebrate truth declared, to celebrate the lifting up of the truth of the gospel, that's actually a little bit harder because that requires us to really listen. That it requires us to really take a look at what someone else has to say and find out, is there truth in that? Is there gospel in that? Are these words the words of God? Or are they something else? 
Now, as people, when we see something hard, or at least maybe I can just speak for myself, when we see something that looks very difficult, a lot of times our first reaction is to just ignore it and set it aside and say, that's too much to deal with. And that's when we get into one extreme or the other, the cynicism or the naivete. But I hope and I pray that God does use many, many people to see his work done. Many, many people to spread the truth of his gospel. But I really hope that he never has to use others to work around me. Because I wasn't willing to seek out where truth was being lifted up so that I could lift it up with them. I hope that I am never like Diotrephes, where some servant of God has to say, you know, I need you to help me out because here's some people that are going to be lifting up the truth, that are going to be working in the name of God, but they're not going to be welcome by Nathan. Nathan's going to be too concerned one way or the other. He's going to be too, too cynical or too naive. I hope that God never has to use others to work around me, but instead works with me so that we can lift up truth together. We need to be ready to welcome truth and lift it up wherever we find it. Even if, and especially if, it comes from some place we weren't looking for it or weren't even expecting it. Because others may have missed it as well, and the truth always deserves to be seen and always deserves to be heard. So, let it be said of me, and let it be said of us, those are people of God. Those are people who love truth and welcome the truth. Welcome those who bring it. Those people who are walking in truth so thoroughly that they recognize it when they see it. Who have done the hard work of discernment. The hard work of listening. So that when they hear the gospel proclaimed, they can be there to support it. And lift it up. Let us be people who lift up truth and who are so thoroughly saturated in truth that then when we go out, that we ourselves are living lives so full of truth and lifting up and proclaiming such truth that we ourselves then are also worthy of the support of others. So that together, As each of us seeks truth, each of us seeks God in our own way, according to our own calling and our own gifts and our own abilities, that we can lift one another up, that we can show that hospitality of love and support to one another, so that truth could be proclaimed everywhere that we go. Because we can cover a lot more ground together than we could ever cover on our own. We can spread around a lot more of God's truth when we're working on the same team than when we're trying to do it ourselves. And if you've heard the truth this morning, you're aware of the truth, you know about Jesus, and you know that you need him. And you want to take your first steps into the truth to become part of that team of people going about lifting up the truth wherever they go. If you want to obey that truth, if you want to live, start living a life according to that truth and taking on Jesus in baptism. We'd love to help you do that this morning. Or if you're someone who's been part of God's kingdom for some time and you found yourself going too far in one way or the other and you haven't been the lover of truth that you should be, 
If you need the prayers of the church, if you need us to go before God on your behalf, we'd love to do that as well this morning. If there's anything that we can do for you this morning as we pursue the truth of God together, please let us know. Please come while we stand and while we sing.